going on everybody welcome back to the dogs basketball podcast here on this monday to recap uh all of arch madness and how it ended with loyola on their way out of the conference being the champions we will dive into the whole tournament like i said game by game thursday even our game and then at the very end because we were at every single one it was a fun weekend i'm nick malone joined by noah lurch no, it was fun because we were doing outside stuff. I'll touch on after your, after you open things that we did. We passed time. We'll just say it that way. And then every game and the, and the the whole tournament itself being there was it was a good time. What's going on? Yeah, Arch Madness is always a great experience. Uh, what they do down at Ballpark Village for the fans and uh, just uh, the whole conference, all the fans, even though some fans. Uh, we had issues with pretty much for some most of the weekend, but uh, yeah, it's always a great experience. I'll, even though if the Salukis don't come out on top, um, it's always great basketball to watch, and uh, it was a good four days to have off of work. Yeah, it's always fun with Arch Madness. Yeah, and before we dive into the games, let's talk about our trip in general, things that we liked and didn't like. Like we said, we. Uh, after we recorded our pod Thursday, we went down there and watched those games. And we'll get into those games in a second, but otherwise than that, no, I'll, you know, the fan bases weren't awful. We noticed that when we got to Enterprise Center, there was, you know, usually there's a, you know, Arch Madness picture on the front of Enterprise. There wasn't that this time. They had like little on the windows, maybe Arch Madness things, and we had to show, uh, vaccination card and wear a mask to get in which at the last day Sundays when that cut off for Enterprise Center itself but we had to do that and then we also noticed in the concourse they usually have the history of Arch Madness along the you know on the ceiling of the concourse and they didn't have that they had only two uh uh memorabilia or whatever selling the shirts which are said go Salukis we had a gripe about that because it should say go dogs but we know go dogs is used for a lot of different people so saluki is just the typical term used they had it for everybody um and then what else they had like the inside the arena they had the all the teams on there and they had the history of who's won recent tournament titles so they had all that just some things they didn't have fully but it was it was a fun time we had brunch before we walked around the city in that area in between parked right next to the arena it was a good time yeah it was a uh, having uh, different brunch spots, uh, always cool in the city with the uh, food they have there, um, different restaurants. Um, even when we uh, went down to uh, Salt and Smoke, got to see Tim Allen, who had a show in there um, during the weekends. That was pretty cool to see him there. Yeah, you're right. I was with a touch on that. We did see Tim Allen. We were wondering why the heck he'd be there. But, yeah, he was performing at Stifle Theater that weekend. Uh, some other things and then yeah like i said the fan bases were fine we'll, we'll go through those as these go on so noah <clears throat> diving into these thursday games we knew first matchup of indiana state and illinois state was going to be a battle the eight nine um and that was a fun one let's before that speaking of illinois state we we're going to mention this they hired a new coach this weekend i forgot what day it was was it the, literally right after they lost i think it was on it was on friday right they announced their new coach, so dive into him a little bit. Yeah, they hired a new coach, and he actually had his press conference today. Um, he was the lead lead assistant at Ohio State. His name's Ryan Padon. Um, 
he's a uh, he's been around. He's been a lot. He was on the Illinois staff for for a little bit. Butler. Um, he followed uh, Chris Holtman over there to Ohio State. He was their lead guy, and uh, yeah, he's he's gonna. I assume he'll do a good job. Uh, he was a head coach at the JUCO level, so he has a little bit of an experience uh, at head coach. Um, but uh, yeah, I think they got their guy. They wouldn't announce it so quick if they didn't. And uh, I know they got those two twin brothers from North Carolina that's committed. As of right now, they are staying committed um, to Illinois State. That's huge because that's the first thing we thought of because it was literally a week before we we knew that or a couple of days before even Dan got fired. Yeah, and even people were discussing this overall that they wouldn't have their guy or they wouldn't fire Dan before the season, you know, and they left the option for him to, you know, finish it out, but then they all thought that wasn't best for everybody. But, yeah, it's like they make that decision, even though it was time for Dan, it seemed like that they wouldn't have their guy. So they have all along. It's interesting the ties you said. I mean, you just you know he has bounced around a lot, so he's he knows what he's doing. He's quality guy, and we saw people within Ohio State or even non Ohio State, right? Brad Stevens they posted a thing about him talking talking highly on Ryan, and then Keata Bates Job, a former Ohio State good player, and a lot of other people. So he's well known, which is a good sign, and picking off some things. We know Jim Benson covers the team. You're right. He did talk in the arena and talks among, talked among amongst people. The recruiting, they mentioned that he wants to keep it 200 mile radius of Bloomington normal, a priority, which as we know, know for all our teams in general college teams, especially you want to keep the ones in your backyard to an extent, not let them go anywhere else. Uh, that's huge though, that he wants it to be known and we'll see if he gets it done. Yeah, definitely, definitely have to uh, find that. He also said uh, it's time to get our swagger back. So uh, Illinois State, we know what they are. Um, we've seen them um, at their peak, and uh, they can be really good in the Missouri Valley. And, yeah, they just got to um, expand back to a Midwest. He knows the Midwest very well, so uh, recruiting – um, is it going to be a problem? He, he mentioned Chicago, St. Louis, Milwaukee, so uh, Indianapolis. Um, so he's going to be hitting the recruiting trail really hard. Um, I think uh, the, the, one of the MVC Hoops accounts said uh, he wants them to get bounced early so he can get to the job. But I think you'd like to see Ohio State go as far as possible, so uh, more exposure for him. Uh, maybe during the games they say, oh, this guy's taking over to Illinois State. That could be um, a recruiting pitch as far as he goes. And that's interesting. We know with football it happens, you know, with uh, Dan Lanning on Georgia's staff taking Oregon's job, but he wanted to finish up because they were in the natty and in the college football playoff. I don't know how that would compare if they would allow Ryan to stay. You know, obviously it's right after their season and their season's still going. Obviously he's probably going to go back. I don't know how it works between basketball and football. If they would just let him go about, you know, just being on this job itself. Yeah. But you're right. He brings something that Illinois state, it's interesting because we know all the, all the names and players or former players and other names that people have been parading around to see who they'd hire. And this one kind of came out of left field and we were sitting there and Jim Benson may have the breaking news and because Dan Moeller was in attendance for both of their games, Thursday and Friday, which was hilarious. 
but he's going and uh you know cheer them on which was good he was on the radio and all that stuff so he was there a lot Jeff Jackson was in attendance today and then we talked about his salary he's going to make five years for 550k per year with a car or stipend according to Jim and we were comparing that Noah to what Brian makes and what's the difference there yeah um when Brian signed his contract, I believe it was like at 475, which we Brian got that based on all the Valley coaches. Like that's a average. Um, so uh, yeah, that's a little bit more. I think uh, Wyatt Wheeler said Dana Ford only makes like 450 something like that. Um, so uh, it's a little bit more, and I think they also. Uh, in his contract, he gets a Bloomington Country Club membership, so he must be a golfer, and uh, a standard bonus structure and our annual earnings potential of 230k per year. So, um, yeah, he's got he's probably got a lot of incentives in that, just like uh, Brian does at his. So, uh, it's a good it's a good annual salary for him. Uh, but they they knew they were going to pay if they wanted to get the right guy. Yeah, and because he's bounced around and he, I mean, who uh, EJ Liddell's parents were talking good on him for being a big reason why EJ's. We know, we've heard reasons why EJ's there, but, uh, you know, this guy can recruit. He recruited EJ Liddell from the state or from the state of Illinois. So he definitely knows what he's doing. It was a, it is a quality hire, we think. And over time, we think he could do well. Uh, and yeah, all those incentives we know Brian has, I'm sure he's got laced with multiple as well. And we know Illinois State's quality university, and it's well known, so it's a good hire and it's a good job for him. So, I'd just see how he turns up in your eye. Keeping those two recruits is uh huge. So, they got their guy, like we said, right in the middle after they lost, and they were their season was over on Friday. Got announced Dan was in attendance. So, you know, that game, it was a close one with them and the Sycamores. Really back and forth, uh, if we recall, you know, at Indiana State at one point had it in the bag at some points, and Cooper Nice missed some really pivotal free throws once again at the end of this one to make Illinois State, you know, able to get the dub. Uh, Hobbs was really good in this one. I remember talking before, like, who – there's always someone that breaks out in the tournament. And granted, this was only for one game for them, but someone always plays better than they had been or, you know, anything that gets to this time of the season. Zach Hobbs with 12 points, all of them from three, four of eight. Kalex Stevens continues how hot he was with 12 points. No, what else stuck out in this game? Outside of it's got to be Cooper and Cam Henry on the making six combined field goals. Cooper needs to not have a great game. And like I said, those missed free throws at the end. Yeah, Indiana State was up five at halftime. And like you said, had it in control. Uh, but yeah, Coop, that's a tough place to shoot. And, um, obviously we've seen it this weekend. Some, some people struggle to make baskets when they need to make baskets in big games. And, uh, yeah, Cooper needs just struggled. Cam struggled. Um, they were a team seven of 29 for, from three, um, just really struggled shooting. Josiah strong got hot late from three and was able to, uh, rally the Redbirds from a deficit and get a five-point win to move on to Friday. Yeah, Antonio, him and Strong both had as many points as they had field goal attempts. So there wasn't – it was a, yeah, poorly poorly shot game and a low-scoring game, but they were able to toughen out. Yeah, Josiah Strong's been great for them. So the Sycamore season ended right there. We were excited and interested to see what they'll have. We know Tyree Key was there as well on the bench. 
because we knew the whole thing where there was some animosity between him and the team or something, but he was there. Not sure of his future. We'll talk about that down the road. And then the next game, Noah, which people were interested in. Everyone wanted – a lot of people, you know, gut was almost picking Evansville just because they – because you could just see it happening, you know, especially this time of year. We know Valpo played – or can't play well when they're healthy, Noah, and they relatively were. Thomas Kithier started. We, we noticed he – he looked like he was in pain when they were ready to come out for that game. You know, they're always in the tunnel about to work their way out. He was like hunched over the banisters or whatever over there. So we were questioning if he was going to play, but he was dressed. He started because he, and he didn't warm up. So it's like, okay, you, we know you're solid and ready to go. You don't need to do any of this. You know, you're just, you're set and the kind of player that you are. So no, he started, had 10 points. Cricky had 10, Kobe King, Seven of ten shooting, eighteen points. Rudinger, he was hot from three. Noah, or he was three for four. Pretty, he had their first six points, and he got most of those really early. And he let all the other good players finish out. Edwards with eighteen. They were too much for Evansville, Noah. But Evansville had again their spread scoring and their and their starting five. But Valpo was just too much. Yeah, it's just no, not enough off the bench. Uh, Juwan Newton did give it a go in this game. He just yeah. wasn't the same. Um, but yeah, I mean, Bochamp struggled in this game. Uh, Sisley had a good game. Coolman knocked down some shots. Um, but yeah, just too much Valpo. I mean, they, they look pretty healthy. Uh, Kithier, um, coming out of the game and putting a back thing on and getting whatever a back brace on or whatever he was putting on, um, having to lay down on the sidelines at some points just to, uh, stay loose, I guess. So, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, Rudinger was big early, got them the lead, and they just kept adding on. Yeah, he was fighting it. And you mentioned Newton was definitely fighting it as well. There was a point where he was, he was spotted. He'd only come in a couple minutes at a time. But then the one time, the last time he came in was right before half, and he, he went up for a ball or he was driving – trying to do something on offense and then came down wrong on that bad leg that was wrapped up to an extent underneath his uniform. And it looked like he just, he, he like slid immediately on the ground. It's like his leg was just stuck in motion and froze and you just knew it was bad, but he ended up getting up and hobbling over to the locker room and then ended up coming out in the second half in street clothes or in uh, warm up. So that's a crappy way you want his season to end and career. Would that be his last year? He's not coming back there. He's got the COVID year still, right? Maybe. Yeah, he has the potential to come back. Uh, I think uh, the only guys they lose lose is uh, Frederick King and Kuhlman. Um, I think they can bring everybody else back. Yeah, and Gibbons will be interested to see um, what he what his career you know, ends up doing what he decides to do. But, yeah, it's good because Newton, you know, he was been trying to rehab off that injury, I'd say, try to make it back to pull off upsets in this thing, and then he'll have to still rehab the rest of the way because he got hurt in that game. So we wish best for him and Evansville. We'll be interested to see if they go with a new coach in this offseason at some point. I'd say it's about a 50-50 shot at this moment. Uh, but, yeah, Valpo, really good, solid game. They were picked to win, and they did win. Uh, now I know a Friday we ate at Rooster, which is a really popular brunch place downtown. We actually saw Rodney Watson, um, sitting there with some people, but we sat, ate, and then went over there It made for a long day, a really fun day. Let's talk about the first game. Uh, and we were 
before us, we had our game day stuff and posted a hype video that we made. Hopefully, hopefully everybody enjoyed that. Um, but no, that first game, Illinois State having the first game the day before and the first game today uh, against you and I, and they showed spurts at times. You know, they're wearing their black jerseys. They actually, they actually played relatively well. They got only 19 bench points. You know, Freeman again was spot, and I have to say he was like that in Indiana State game as well. And in this one, it's like when he finally shoots, it goes in. It just whether he wants to. McChesney played really well in this one, 13 points. Antonio had 20 in his potentially last game uh, because, you know, if he tests the waters or transfers or stays on with the new coach, who knows? But uh, Josiah Strong was not strong in this one. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Reeves was good. Other than that, they were just outmatched. Noah, because you got Noah Carter, 16, AJ, 17, Burhau, 15. Uh, ended up being too much by the end of it. Noah, 13-point win for you and I. Yeah, they just played. They came out and played really well. Um, you can tell, obviously, the way they got bounced last year because a, a false negative or a false positive COVID test, and the year before they were the one seed and got knocked off by a team. Um, you could definitely tell they came out and made sure that uh that didn't happen again, and they wanted to make up for last year for missing out. And they played really well. Um, they were hitting shots early, um, extending the lead to ten at halftime, then uh. They made it 13 for the final score. Um, yeah, just played really well. AJ looked really good. Uh, Noah Carter's just too much. Um, uh, even Austin Five, he missed a couple bunnies, but he looked really well off the bench, really good off the bench as well. Yeah, him and Bourne, or Bowen Bourne for sure, and even Pickford here and there, he chipped in more in their next game. But I wanted to say real fast because we did on the previous games, the crowds. Evansville had a had a surprisingly big crowd. Uh, they kind of knew what to expect. Evans was not that far away from Evansville. So, you know, they were able to make the trip for that late game. So that was good. No, because we, we would end up comparing crowds. And Valpo probably had the – them and Indiana State probably had the worst crowd of the tournament. Yeah, Valpo uh, had one of the got, – got one of the biggest sections – for some reason, they maybe took up two rows. Um, most of their people was there all weekend, I will say that. But, yeah, Indiana State, um, they had a decent crowd, but they were stuck over there behind Illinois State people. So uh, we griped about the seating arrangements before, and it, it was just as bad when we got there. But, yeah, it's just um, Evansville, really good crowd. Like you said, they, they were, it was surprising to see that them have the turnout they did uh but yeah valpo's was definitely the worst by far uh followed by indiana state yeah it's unfortunate because we know the potential valpo could have had and we'll get to their next game uh yeah and then the arrangements what or were every bit of what we expected it and what we talked about how awful it was but we, we were bouncing around here and there and the late the latter day saturday and sunday we were sitting up where we were supposed to with other fans we'll get to that but uh, yeah, so 13-point win for you and I. Noah, this one. This one had the biggest hype of any game outside of, you know, Saturday and Sunday games. Uh, people were picking Bradley to beat Loyola in this one, uh, and they were off to an amazing start. Uh, Terry and all of them, they were, they were playing hard. They were getting loose balls and finishing and transition. It looked like they could have pulled this off, but then they end up getting killed all game and lose by 16. This was – 
like I said, this was a shocker. I mean, we knew Loyola would turn the switch, and this is the right way they could have done it before they went on and won the whole thing. And they only had a couple guys in double figures, Loyola did. Bradley had more, but Bradley just had not a whole lot of bench production. Noah Terry in his first Valley game had 17. Connor Hickman with 10, both their first games. Mast, he's been here 11 and 13, but he shot three of 11 from the field. Uh, Leones didn't shoot a whole lot. Jason Ken, again, he starts, didn't do anything. Fouled three times, no points, one rebound in 15 minutes. You know, they, but they relatively had an okay bench. Montgomery came in 16 minutes, no points. Boya didn't have an impact in this one. Uh, and then Hal and Tavanani combined seven points. No, this was definitely a surprising one. Shocking. Yeah, we definitely thought it would be a lot closer. Um, we thought it could be coming down to the final minutes. Uh, but just two Loyola, we thought, uh, I thought you and I came out the right way, but Loyola definitely, after a uh, um, start, of, kind of a slow start, they just turned it on like we knew they would turn that switch. And they, uh, um, I, I, um, I seen, um, I mean, Bradley wanted the smoke, and uh, they got it. I mean, the whole Valley wanted the smoke. Uh, we Everybody expected to hear MVC chants throughout the weekend. But uh, on Friday, uh, Loyola turned that switch, and uh, they looked like the old Loyola, and they came out fired. Yeah, Loyola's fan base was pretty good. Bradley's, yeah, Bradley's, or we've talked about this was going to be the battle of the most annoying fan bases. Bradley's is by far – the most annoying to an extent, you know, you know, cause they had the back-to-back tourney titles. So they're high on themselves, rightfully. So they get here this time of year and they were, they had some obnoxious ones, uh, but they were, they were hyping this up to be that they were going to win. And they did even prior to this game. And it definitely wasn't the case. I just think they ended up not playing well as time went on. Loyola's defense suffocated them. Cause like I said, Loyola's offense wasn't too great. You know, they had six, eight, six, five, 13, and then eight and 11, Schweiger had a good game and a good tournament. Even Kennedy had nine points. And Welch, who played really well, he had a dunk Noah that he got teed up on, right? He dunked on, uh, was it Boya, and dunked on him and did the uh, on his head celebration. And he got teed up for it. But Thomas Welch could have been a difference maker. And that was a, uh, a tough game overall. So Loyola moves on. Then Noah, the third game that was played was Valpo against Missouri State. This was one we were interested in because if we said, well, you know, if we were to somehow pull off our game, we'd much rather play Valpo than than Missouri State. Uh, And Missouri State played well in this one. You know, their big three came out, Prim, Clay, and Mosley, 16, 17, and 18, respectively. Prim had 17 rebounds with his 16 points. They didn't play a whole lot off the bench. Carper, who we've noticed Noah in in warm-ups and in general, when he gets in the game, he's a difference maker, and he – he definitely was a difference in our games this year. Manette, three points off the bench. Javante Black didn't even score. Lukai, nine points. They ended up just over or outmatching them, Noah, because Sheldon Edwards did not shoot well. Kevion Taylor and Kithier were their only sorts of scoring. Noah Kithier was slithery, as we know he can be. The same things in this didn't warm up, but played and started 8 of 12 shooting, 17 and 7. It's incredible. Yeah, he uh... – he was the main reason they jumped out to like a nine to five lead and they were uh, going back and forth throughout that first half. And uh, yeah, just 
the difference of playing Evansville on Thursday than having to play Missouri State. Um, we talked about Kobe King being so efficient on Thursday. Uh, look at him. Uh, look at him now. Two of ten, only five points. Um, that's why. That's why Donovan Clay was on the all defensive team. I mean, he does that to best players on the opposing team, and it's just uh, Rudinger struggled on this one. Um, but they only played seven guys deep. Uh, fatigue started to couldn't just down the stretch in the second half. Couldn't get shots to fall to cut it inside uh, five points and uh, fell in this game. Uh, but good effort by Valpo. Be interesting to see what their offseason looks like with guys they lose. But, yeah, just too much in the end. Prim and Mosley's too much. And Donovan Clay was hitting everything against his old team. Yeah, he had a chip on his shoulder. You could tell watching him that against his former team he had. He was kind of mouthing. He was staring at Valpo's bench a lot when he'd score. Yeah, he was on fire offensively in this tournament. It was disappointing seeing Kobe's last game be – I mean, he would have – I mean, he's been sitting out and transferring. You know, he was obviously pre-pandemic. He had to sit out, right? And or was this his last he, – he has no other spare college time. No, right? he is done. So that's, that's a bad way to go out, two of ten, yeah. Uh, but that was Clay's defense. And Kevion Taylor, an incredible career, uh, D2 level, and obviously he shot poorly in this one, but he's the key reason why they were a threat all year. And Kithier, if he was healthy, he would have been up for – he would have been a top, th- top three newcomer of the year. He'd been easy on all newcomer, and they could have easily topped us. We beat them when he was playing early in the conference year. We didn't see him the next one, but he is the utmost efforts maker. He showed this. And Bing Crick, he struggled in this one as well. He'll get better as time goes on. You're right. They will have an interesting offseason because we almost question that every year. We knew Clay was leaving. They still have Edwards, depending upon if any of these guys leave. But obviously, Lottie can go out and get Big Ten talent. And like we said, Trevor Anderson, even if he played, it would have been interesting all season. So that was the end of their season. Yeah, Missouri State way too much in that one. So now, Noah, here we are. And in between this, that's when we saw Tim Allen, right? It was when we left and took a break between sessions and went to Salt Smoke at Ballpark Village and then came back, watched this one, and then got ready four hours. And let's let's dive into this, Noah, because, uh, you know, some – obviously a lot of underwhelming performances. One that definitely – and Marcus played really well in this game. Jump into how this game started because I just want to talk about the run that we had because we had a lead there in the first half and we'll talk about because the first half is more interesting because the second obviously it's when it got away from us and defeat let's discuss that first half though yeah um we were interested to see what kind of starting lineup we went if we stuck with what we did last week and that's what we did we we stuck small obviously uh the loss of dj wilkins we knew we had to come into this game um, they would be probably a little bit undermanned off that bench. Uh, they started uh, Tank Hemphill in, in that in that DJ Wilkins spot. Uh, so they were small. Um, started off a lot like the last last game we played against them. Um, both teams firing back and forth. Uh, started out with a Lance three pointer to get us on the board. Uh, we expected Lance to come in with this. The play really good, obviously, with the being snubbed off that third team. Um, but right away, Sturts got going. We know we had to contain him, and we did our best on him, I thought, in this game. Um, but Dalton Banks uh, started with a turnover. He struggled in this game mightily. 
But uh, obviously, we we took a seven to four lead off a jumper by Marcus. Um, Murphy got a dunk off another turnover or by a miss off after a missed dunk by Cash, which would have made it nine to four. We we would have had a big lead right there. Cash missed a dunk. Um, seven to six us. Um, Lance missed a three rebound offense rebound by Dalton. Cash misses a three off the rebound. Um, they take the lead on a Roman Roman pin jumper, and at the under sixteen, uh, after a Marcus jumper, it was a nine to eight lead by the Salukis. Yeah, a lot of yeah, a lot of mixed emotions here to the start because you're right, Lance. We had big big expectations for him playing the guy that got picked over him in the on the all conference teams, which we found out by the end of it, the Roman pin rightfully deserved that. And he played well in this one, but you know, he was missing in that first jumper he had was in his, in his range in his sweet spots and he missed it. And you're right. Lance going down, he goes off screens and finds a little bit of separation pretty deep behind the line and made it. It was a good start. And even starts matching us over time as you know, a couple of possessions go by. And yeah, and what really what gave them the lead is what really okay. Well, I thought it was a great start, and it was just it was just three nothing. But you kind of had a feeling after that happened. Dalton had a terrible turnover, and Dalton did not have a great game. We'll get into that, but and he was going through the motions and tried to pass it to whoever. And Tank Kimphill, who had an incredible tournament, uh, stole one for an easy dunk on that end. And then yeah, Marcus was off to exactly how he ended the regular season, hot. Uh, again, they couldn't guard him. He was really getting anything he wanted, and that's what it looked like at first. Um, yeah, Tucker didn't really get going on this one either. It's probably the second half. It was really the Marcus show, and uh, you're right on those. Cash, Cash missing that dunk swung this momentum, even though we ended up having a decent lead we'll get to. Uh, but that, you know, so many things can happen in a game, especially for us, a ride momentum. We mentioned how – you know, JD can provide that a lot in your ride since he wasn't starting again, since they went with Tank and Brody came off the bench. Uh, but outside of that, yeah, uh, it was missed shots from everyone. It was kind of – it was no scoring for about over a minute. Uh, and then that missed dunk did happen. Like I said, Tucker was kind of off to a slow start. but And we couldn't rebound in this one. We'll get to the fact that we could not get defensive rebounds. Cause I remember tweeting – about it even at halftime or even throughout the first half that we had to secure defensive rebounds because they are a they are a board crashing team we saw that the rest of the tournament we definitely saw this in this one so yeah Murphy had a dunk off of an offensive rebound after Tank uh, missed a jump shot you're right and then they go down and Penn finally got in his spot was on, on the fast break and Marcus yeah jumper under the 16 we had a lead Sturts makes a couple free throws they're obviously a relatively good free throw shooting team uh, Noah, this one uh, that Trent had, he stole it from uh, from Tank. Or who who was it that was following him on the fast break? Because it was someone that could have blocked him. Was it Tank or was it Tucker or someone? It was, I guess Tank. It was Tank. So then he got the steal, went all the way down, which was great. You get it. He's able to secure it on the loose ball and then go all the way for a layup, a contested layup, which was a great sign, stuff we haven't seen from Trent really in his career. Uh, but we thought that was a good start for him after we grabbed the lead. And there, there were no points for almost three minutes until J.D. had a nice finesse layup, had, gave us a three-point lead. And then Noah Okai, not even going to pronounce his last name, came in. We, we knew because they were undermanned with no Wilkins that he was maybe going to play a factor. 
and he did. You know when he's coming in, that's what he's going to do is shoot. So it was a tie game. Then there were literally no points, you know, a lot of substitutions. Iowa can came in here, missed shots, more Dalton turnovers. What stuck out, Noah, in this time where there was no points on each end? Some turnovers and missed shots. What else stuck out? Kyler got in this game at one point. Yeah, just uh, both teams settled in defensively. And uh, a lot of what we've seen throughout the year, at least for us, is uh, stretches um, without scoring, without being able to hit a jump shot. Um, I know Kyler missed a pretty good look in the paint. I think Steven missed a pretty uh, pretty good look from three, which we know we struggled in this one big time from three. Um, I think Io got a good look. Uh, Okai got a good look. Uh, Penn missed his jumper, I think, in the paint. He usually hits. So just both teams are struggling then. Um, but uh, but a dunk by uh, Tank got, them, got the scoring back going. Uh, then Marcus matched him with a layup. Um, then Marcus got fouled. Uh, he hit both free throws. Um, it's good to see him starting to knock down all those free throws in this one from the get-go. Uh, then foul back to back fouls, two fouls in literally four seconds on JD. Um, sent him back to the bench. We put Troy in for him. Uh, Tremel Murphy uh, hit both free throws right then. There, it's tied at seventeen with six fifty nine left. Yeah, I think what stuck out so far in this game, you just mentioned the fouls there. That we got Drake in foul trouble pretty early. Sturts came out. He had two early fouls. Lance had a really early foul at the start of the game that we were questioning which was a terrible call. So we're like, okay, Lance is going to get in foul trouble, and then we're definitely screwed. But he was able to not have another one for the until the very end, uh, but or until some point, and then he had ended up fouling out at the end of the game. But that was a big thing, and we thought we could take advantage. You know, if they had foul trouble, that I think whenever we, I guess, went on this run or whatever, that Sturts came back in the game. So they couldn't really, and they risked it with two fouls. But we knew we weren't aggressive enough if we were rolling our whole offense through Marcus that we could get anybody else in foul trouble because Marcus was getting a little bit of the benefit of the doubt, but not enough to have them give like a guy like Sturts three fouls in the first half or anything. But even Tucker, that's why he wasn't really getting going in the first half because he was in foul trouble. It's really just the Murphy show for, uh, for him and Tank and. They're both they're both arguably the best offensive rebounders in the conference. They definitely showed that this weekend. But it's really the Murphy show as expected again. We knew going into the last game we played the regular season that he was going to be a factor, and he was, and then he was in this one. Yeah, so we had it tied after those free throws. You're right. Then uh, Cash had a layup, gave us the lead. Steven finally got going with a jump shot in this one. I can't recall if it was his usual – was it his usual make that he can do every time? It was his usual make. Which is unfortunate. So we took the lead. Tucker was missing threes. He kept being off. Troy had a block. We saw another one of his safe possession bad outs that we had. And then, no, here's what it was. Here was but here's what – this was the, uh, the chaos uh, part of the game whenever we ended up getting a seven-point lead off of Lance three. But before that – Murphy got hurt on the offensive end, so we had guys, we had numbers on this end, stayed in the half court, were missing threes, getting offensive rebounds, and then I think Cash hit, or uh, Steven hit uh, Lance for an open three, and then they caught it, and then uh, it said we caught it. We caught, it was a media timeout, I guess. It was the under four that finally happened, but no chaos in that stretch that get us at seven point lead. We were feeling good. 
Yeah, we we were starting to really row offensively, um, starting to hit some shots, getting some good looks. And, uh, yeah, I mean, their foul trouble. And, uh, yeah, Murphy going down uh, helped us on that play to get a extra manned offensive rebound, one of our lone offensive rebounds in this game. And Lance hits a big three. He was struggling. Um, but the seven-point lead with three minutes left in the first half, uh, we were right right there where we wanted to be and uh it went downhill downhill from there for the last 247 yeah and what's funny is we had a guy sitting behind us i'm not sure who he was rooting for uh i think he was there from the prior game or something but he whispered in my ear or he was behind me and told me oh you know he mentioned our record how we had almost a 500 record and we looked so good and i told him our inconsistencies and we have these stretches throughout it's like as soon as he was talking to me about the team and how good we were playing it went downhill you're right so i, I want to blame that guy honestly but uh as soon as we were up by that and out of the timeout tucker had finally got a jump shot to get going five point lead starts a layup on and the fast break three point game so they went on a huge run here tank a couple free throws one point game then Marcus made his free throws again, very pivotal in this one. His free throws were and him. And then Roman got another one of his good jumpers, one-point game. Uh, and then – or was it he finished – I don't know. He had a jump shot and then a free throw. So it was tie game, and then Sturts had a jump shot at the end of the half to make it a two-point lead. Uh, so, yeah, our momentum kind of just split after that. It kind of erased when they went on that huge run. And then especially how you, you, you allow them to tie it. You, they had about 20 seconds or so, I think, between 15 and 20 seconds, yeah, and was able to obviously get something going and take the lead going into half. No, that's not how we want to end it. So the box score, who else – what else stuck out? Um, Dalton's turnovers, we should say, but outside of Marcus, who was playing really well, what else stuck out? Yeah, just too many um, – Dalton had three turnovers a half, but we had seven as a team. Um, that's too many in a in a tournament game that you want to um, take full advantage of. Uh, turnovers, I mean, we struggled shooting. I, we've talked about – talked about on the preview that it's a tough gym to shoot in, and we definitely struggled shooting. Two of 17 from three only makes were by Lance, who was two of six. I mean, Trent was 0 of 2, Troy 0 of 1, Marcus 0 of 2, Dalton missed one of his, uh, Stephen 0 of 3, Cash was even 0 of 2. Just uh, terrible shooting. Yeah, that was, of course, we knew that if we were going to win, we would have to ride on our defense and our shooting stuff that's helped us all season long. And you you kind of knew, and we, were, we weren't in the worst position, obviously, only down two and playing – not good, but not totally bad in the first half to get it to that point and shooting that bad. That is unfortunate. Uh, and that's what did ascend arguably and throughout the rest of the game, we'll get to what it ended up being, but yeah, cash, we expected him to come out strong as well. Uh, he had spurts. He should have had four points with the missed dunk, but yeah, one of five shootings, not ideal at all. And only 11 minutes in the first half. Uh, he was actually our best plus minus at three, him and, Lance both had that. Marcus was minus two, and we figured how because he was so good offensively and even had six rebounds, but his defense was, you know, as what it has been this season for him, wasn't great. And he, him and Steven had 18 minutes apiece. 
Yeah, it just boiled down to having more people outside of Marcus that were helping us. And we were yelling all game and said after the game, you got to get this man some help. Because we we talked about how he wasn't in this last year. And he he would have had that chip, even though he's he's riding hot in general. You expect him to still play well. And we knew he had to if we wanted to have a chance. But um, he definitely played like he did in last year. And the fact that he wasn't able to last year. So played really well. Uh, other than that, I mean, or JD, three rebounds with those two points. Uh, Dalton had those three turnovers and they're relatively all bad, you know, besides the one that had a tank for a fast break, he was just getting it stripped from him. Uh, when he'd try to like penetrate through traffic and stuff, he would just get it stolen, which we, I remember tweeting and I didn't want to say his name on the tweet, but it was like, you know, if some players are not playing well and they're really costing you in these moments in the first half, you want to, you want to play as good as you can. You don't want it to get it. You know, we were playing well in the first half that you even can't allow things in that first 20 to hurt you. So it's like, if he's not playing well, you got to take him out and play somebody else. We thought Trent was playing relatively well with that layup and he was missing shots, had, you know, you know, nice looks and he didn't have any, he didn't have any fouls and we played five minutes. No, I think that stuck out. They should have probably put Trent in for Dalton a little more in that first half at times. Yeah, definitely uh, cash being in foul trouble and getting 11 minutes that hurts as well. Um, but yeah, I would like to see Trent was get, he had a couple, uh, he had a good look, the only three he took, um, but defense, I think he played more down the stretch, but in the second half, but yeah, it had been, uh, Dalton was just really, really struggling. Um, we know he was afraid of the moment or something. Yeah. yeah, Like he played in it last year. He's thrown in the moment last year where he had to start for start for Lance Jones who got hurt. Uh, against Loyola, obviously we know how that turned out, but um, expected to be ready to play, but uh, it just looked like he was not. Um, a lot of casual passes, not making a pass for a purpose, and uh, it, it cost us in the first half for him. One thing we noticed, we were out rebounding them right by by seven, and we had seven offensive rebounds of our own, which. And they ended up trumping that and with their own in the second half. But we were actually doing just fine. We were putting ourselves in decent position. We were ticked, blowing the lead. And we were talking to other SIU fans at the half about things before we went back. Uh, just unfortunate. And we and we had a great crowd outside of where they were sticking us at the top. It was, you know, they were spaced out. If we were all in one section, like we were supposed to or something, ours would have arguably had the best. And like I said, we are the closest than in any other team. So it would have been would have been reasonable but yeah Lance was you know yeah two of seven I mean he had to do a little bit more even though Penn guarded him really well and Lance was we mentioned how he can't force and he was a little bit and he just didn't look you know himself at times so um like I said out rebounding them by seven's huge going into the second half Noah how this second half kick off yeah it's uh we hated to we hated to be down blowing that lead, but we were right there where we wanted to be in the game. And uh it started out with Tucker Vries started to get going immediately. He hits a jumper, but Marcus matched him. Marcus got going right where he left off in the, from the first half. Um then Tank, he uh he also left off where he got going. He hit a jumper. Marcus matched him right then there, still at two. Uh Tremel hit Tremel had a jumper, then Lance matched him right there at 17-48. Still at a two-point game, but uh, Tank still got a, got another layup assisted by Roman Penn. 
and made it four at 1736 and it was pretty much almost all downhill from here yeah and one thing we noticed right away is they were scoring at will you know whether whatever kind of adjustments we would have made they were exposing our defense in the second half in general and we were matching them at first you know to an extent but when you knew that they were scoring at will that that's how the whole second half was going to play out and it was led by all those guys Lance had a jumper to, to make it that two points whenever we did uh, when we were matching him. Him and Marcus were keeping us afloat in that moment. Uh, but, yeah, even starts with one of two from the line, but it was a five-point lead, and then there were no points from 17.06 to 14.11, nothing. So the defense, our defense ended up doing okay, uh, and obviously there was as well. We knew uh, we got into that funk on offense. And there's also a time, I believe, when Marcus came out of the game, whether that was in the first or the second half, just thinking about things that would happen in between a long spurt with no, uh, with nothing going on. But, yeah, I mean, as soon as you saw Roman hitting his jump shot, getting to a spot, like we said in the first half, it was you, – you knew you were in for a long game regardless. And they kept going on runs. Him and Murphy <clears throat> were unbeat or unstoppable. Cash went one or two from the free throw line. We've, we've been counting on him from the line. He wasn't. He didn't come through there totally, but, you know, we're still in the game 12 minutes, but we knew it was kind of slipping away at this moment. Yeah, Tucker, who was guarding Tucker, man? I think Trent came, did when he came in. We know Cash has been on him. Who was – and we, we switched a lot, obviously, but uh, whenever Tucker got going, who do you recall that was on him a lot? Maybe Steven? It was – no, when he got going, it was Trent, who – Tucker is 6'6". Six, six. That's just too much size right for over Trent. Him, yeah, he yeah, just – he got in the lane and yeah, down the stretch they were hitting a lot of they got some tough shots to fall, but they got in their spots and they got anything they wanted down the stretch. Yeah, so Tucker finished an AM one on that. Uh, and then uh Cash hit a jump shot, which was huge. Nine point lead, eleven minutes left. JD had another layup, so he was actually pretty good def- or offensively. Uh, you know, and, and he did fine on Brody at times, you know, but his defense was still – he was found a little bit, some crappy fouls in general. But he, he played relatively well, I think. And then Tank, who we know is not a shooter, it's one of those where you're not a good shooter. He literally passes up threes, but then he'll be a good free throw shooter. Uh, and then Tucker just couldn't be stopped. And him and Marcus, you know, shades of each other from each other's freshman year. Um, but they were going back and forth. And then Cash finally hit a three. You know, so this is where we, we were at. And we were thinking about false hope that we know had been happening, you know, you know, keeping obviously the faith in that moment, knowing that it does not look good. But Cash's three helped us. And all we needed was that one stop after the fact. This was barely over or barely under eight minutes to go. And, and then Tank hit goes down and hits a jump shot. So we weren't able to get that defensive stop we needed to go on our own little run that we know we've been going on all season. Uh, and then and Tank just – I mean, he had a double-double with ease. He was just so dominant. He was every bit of what we remember from last year, what we remember uh, – or what we didn't see in the first matchup, even when they still beat us. Um, and the fact that he played in on, on last Saturday's game, I don't even recall in the regular season finale – but he just dominated us. We, he's a total mismatch nightmare, and he played like he was healthy. So as soon as that happened and they made it eight after he matched Cash's three, he made a couple free throws. So back to ten. Jumper from uh, Roman and then a layup by Dalton, who, again, we said he made up for his mistakes in the first half. Another thing, 
that he can do whenever he wants. He can penetrate, and it was pretty easy for him. But then he had another turnover after the fact, and Tucker had a jumper in between there. Tank was unbelievable. Uh, Lance made a jumper, so it's 12, but it was almost a little too late, under the four-minute mark. Uh, and Tucker kept doing jump shots. Or Troy went one or two from the free throw line. We mentioned his bat outs that he had to save possessions. Lance actually got going from three, and then but it was it was being matched every every ounce every time we scored. And their experience showed. We ended up talking about before. So at the one minute left, it was ten points. Lance hit a jumper. Penn had a couple free throws, and then Tank had a free throw at the end to make it a thirteen point loss. Noah's one of those where we, we, we've said before that we can't have lapses on offense and we look so good at times and then it can just fade. As soon as Drake's defense stepped up and I mentioned their experience that it kind of took over us because then it should have been inevitable anyway. We mentioned how that was the case. He even said that, I think, in the last game. It was inevitable. But uh, so when they were scoring at will at the beginning and even when we tried to keep it close that they were going to pull away due to all of that going on. So... Like I said, those lapses that killed us all year killed us in this one, that wall that we hit. Yeah, we've been we've been this offensive consistency where you show we can show where we can score not like we've seen all year long, just score at will at times. And sometimes it looks like when we're not hitting shots, it it makes basketball look so so hard to play. And yeah, we just struggled mightily from three. If we're not hitting threes, we're not going to win very many games. We we live by the three. Uh, we shot really well in the second half inside inside uh, inside the three point arc. We, I mean, we shot fifty five percent in the second half, but you shot two of nine from three. Ended up four of twenty six from three for fifteen percent. I mean, not going to win a lot of games shooting that way. Even they were one of nine. They only shot three threes in the second half, over three. But um, yeah, just not enough offense. I mean, their their main their guys. I mean, their their four guys carried them. I mean, they had guys, other guys chip in, but um, Marcus had no help in this game offensively. No one at the shame because we talked about he wanted to play in this one and he had no one to help his cause. We talked about our big three and Lance had bad turnovers when we were trying to even pit or chip into it a little bit at the very end. Lance had too many turnovers, but yeah, he ended with 18 and only had two rebounds in the second half. And when, like I said earlier, I remember tweeting rebound twice in all caps because that's what we were not doing when they were crashing the boards. Uh, it just, yeah, it's what we had all season when we didn't have it was the inconsistencies but it was the lack of help or the lack of you know depth in terms of your scoring and what's needed and some guys were afraid of the moment that was bottom line as well so yeah i mean we we shot four i mean four of 26 from three is and lance having three of them and cash had one of them i mean steven obviously didn't make one even one of five shooting and only had that one jumper it's like it's just the, the time, obviously, when you can, you can't have it. And we thought, and I remember saying, this is this is the first loss we've had where our first game where we actually didn't play well. It's like we ran to a buzzsaw that they ended up having at the end of the game. And this was arguably our team where we didn't have as many contributions that we can remember, to be honest. So it was going to bite us at some point in this tournament, we were figuring, but we knew we had a favorable matchup with no Wilkins. And we knew they had to play a couple of those other guys off the bench and, even when we had a seven-point lead, you can't sustain. 
and um, just like the play calling, I think, and then everything ran through Marcus, like I said, and it was going relatively well, but it's like, then he would get collapsed on. And if he pitched it out, it was just nonstop same going through the motions like we had been doing, but I mean, Tank had 19 and 10, six of eight shooting. Couldn't stop him. Tucker ended up with 13, Roman with 13, and they only had that okays three off their bench. Brody went 0 for 3, one rebound in 13 minutes. Just a non-factor. Iowa can mole a non-factor. You end up letting their experience guys kill you in the end. And, I mean, even Murphy feels like he did a lot more than just eight and six, but that was just a lack of us shooting so bad, and we ended up relying on the three like we have in this last couple of years. and. Just it just did us no good, Noah. So, like I said, this is or this is the the ending to our season at the moment that we know of. We'll jump on at the very end of potential what could happen that we've been discussing lately and teams figuring out postseason tournaments. But uh, we knew we weren't. We would have loved to win this tournament, obviously, and we knew we weren't going to. Just in terms of you know, even if you won this game, you would have ran into Missouri State, and that wouldn't have ended well. Um, you no, know, we had this one kind of made up for us we talked about it this was on a platter for us with no Wilkins we needed to take advantage of it because we were relatively healthy and it just wasn't it wasn't the case like I said it boiled down to non-execution and non-contributions yeah just too many too many guys that we expect to count on each and every game and uh they just can't get the job done um I mean, we had six turnovers in the second half, so 13 is way too many. They only had seven for the game. I mean, they only had – we had seven bench points. They had three. I mean, they they got carried by their starters, and we got carried by one guy. I know Lance ended up with 15, but he struggled. Um, he had struggles and ended up fouling out of this game. But, yeah, just not enough offense. We've seen it all year. Um, we've been scoring – and a lot when we lose, we score in the fifties. But when we win, we've seen we were up in the high sixties, sometimes in the seventies. It's just we needed more, and we didn't get it. Our shooters struggled um, to hit anything. Like I said, fifteen percent from three, four of twenty-six. Um, not going to get the job done. Just we have guys like that could be scared in the moment. I guess. I mean, we have guys that. We see, like, Trent Brown, I know it was in this game. He had – he. I think he pumped fake, got around a guy, had a wide-open paint, and he, he just didn't even look at the basket. He stopped in the paint, looked, and passed it out. He could have had a probably a jumper inside the paint. There's too many guys that – inconsistent, like we've been saying all year, and that um, maybe in our, maybe that some people um, – We've been we talked to a lot of fans this weekend that there's a lot of guys on this team that um it sucks to say it, but we wouldn't mind seeing go. And that's just the way it is at this point. We if we want to be where we want to be, um, we're gonna have to find some more consistent guys that um wanna play on these kind of stages and uh, get the job done. Yeah, and just play at this level in general. Yeah, we'll cover all those topics. Uh at some point because it, it is worth talking about because you see all these other teams winning with certain guys that either aren't afraid of the moment or are just more talented when it matters most. Uh, one thing Drake didn't do in this game was shoot threes. And they went one of nine. They didn't want to shoot threes. Like we said, Tucker, who's a enormously great shooter, he just wasn't getting going from there. They didn't want to. They knew they could beat us in the paint. 
And that's what they did. And then the disparity on the free throw, 16 of 20 to our six of nine. So we did okay in that department, just didn't shoot enough, obviously. And they weren't going to miss a whole lot of theirs. And then they ended up out rebounding us by five, which is a lot closer than what I thought. So that rebounded us by, what, 12 in the second half then? Yep. So, yeah. Uh, it just, I mean, we've been like usually when we've gone on runs and storm back in games, it usually has happened in the second half. This was arguably one of our worst second halves of the whole season. And it boiled down to everything that's happened this whole year, which is obviously unfortunate because we end the season at 16 and 15. We end the season in general, which we expected to win this game, like I said. So um, we wanted to cover this game and the end of the season for now until moving forward. And through the offseason, we'll have topics like ones you just said there and even. Um, what other teams are doing, obviously statuses of all teams, who's going, who's staying, and then obviously postseason tournaments, and this is the end of ours. We'll have an end of season when we talk about all that stuff. Once we find out, you know, by the end of the week, and we'll have it sometime next week about statuses of those postseason tournaments. So obviously going home upset or ending that night upset because it was a late game, so we stormed back to our hotel and just realized – and we obviously were just discussing this game and looking ahead, knowing that but we had two extra games, which we made the most out of those remaining games. So, like I said, we'll cover all this down the road again and I'll look ahead and all that stuff. So, no, there was our game, unfortunate. Like I said, great fan turnout and obviously did not pan out. So, uh, so no, we go back the next day on Saturday, bummed, obviously, go to brunch once again, make it for two great games. And the first game that we – we knew was obviously a rematch of the season finale and the fight for first place that you and I ended up winning over Loyola and overtime. But we, you could just tell that Loyola had their number, you know, all season outside of that close game. And it was in you and I's favor because they were at home and you Loyola killed them in Chicago. So it was like, I think Loyola was the better team. Uh, and they definitely showed it in this one. I mean, it, it was, they only it was 66 to 43 final score. We actually went out to the concourse and talked to other people along the way. And we didn't really want to finish the end of this one. It got ugly, but no, this was the Braden Norris game. It seemed like he wasn't gonna miss. He was four of six from three, seven of ten shooting in 30 minutes, 19 points, big bench contributions from Schweiger again with 12, Kennedy with 13. Uh, and Lucas only ended up with seven, but he was incredible on defense. Uh, on guys like AJ and Burhau did nothing and Carter did nothing. It was just a, I think it ended up showing obviously who the better team was at the end. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of credit, a lot of credit to Loyola's defense and we've seen it all year long. If when they flip that switch, like we say, uh, their defense is, uh, one of the best in the country. Um, but, yeah, you and I just could not buy a basket in that second half. Uh, ended up four of 24 from three, um, 13 of 56 overall for 23% shooting. I mean, how many times have we seen this year? A.J. Green's four of 20. Noah Carter's two of 11. Burhouse two of 10. I mean, we just haven't seen that. And, obviously, it's like I said, it's credit to Loa's defense, but uh, you and I – just could not hit anything yeah i mean two of 11 four of 20 yeah two of 10 you just aren't gonna win in general loyola's defense showed up in this game and like i said they're the better team and even looking at you and i you win a regular season title that's also a goal throughout the whole thing it's a big accomplishment people are talking about if they peaked at that moment 
they didn't really struggle against Illinois State. They were they were just fine. They just run into this usual buzzsaw that was. And you and I will be looking for postseason tournaments without a doubt. So we'll be keeping an eye on them. They will be a really really the, good season. They'll be headed to the NIT. Right, and just the fact that they had a terrible non-con and they were picked what they were still picked third to start the whole season but yeah rough non-con with injuries and COVID and then they just shocked everybody playing as well as they did kind of this with the AJ Green comeback who was player of the year so just an outmatched game in that so they were sending the Panthers home there and then Noah an, an amazing game in the nightcap and in the final game which won with some controversy at the end Drake and Missouri State were dogfighting each other they were throwing haymakers all all game Led by Isaiah Mosley, though, Missouri State had 27. Prem had 21 and 8. Donovan Clay, again, playing really good offensively. Had a better start than finish, but ended up with 14 and 10. Uh, Minette has not gotten going for the And their two games they played did not get – only had five minutes in this one. Haney played key defense in this one and played key minutes even over uh, Lukai by the end of it. Not the very end, but throughout. And Black and Manette let Missouri State down in this game. Like I said, the first game they killed them, it didn't matter. But those were two guys they had to get going. Those are their two, arguably their two best shooters. Uh, but Noah, and we'll just remember, you know, like I said, the Haymakers, Drake didn't have a whole lot. Drake only had two bench points as well. Brody had those two. Penn had 19 on 17, but he had seven and six, 13 for Sturts, 23 for Tucker. Incredible performance by him and Murphy had 15 they were doing relatively well I mean Prim only shot nine times like they were going away from it you know throughout and mostly kind of knew he had to take over to an extent but no this was an incredible game and it came down to that final play that decided it yeah it was an incredible game um Tucker DeVries was huge him and Roman Penn down the stretch Murphy hitting shots uh Tank I mean he played 41 minutes, but only had seven points, two rebounds. Um, that's uh, credit to uh, whoever, whoever I assume it was Gage Prim um, guarding him. Uh, but, yeah, Prim was big down the stretch. I thought they should have went to – I think he got in foul trouble early in this game. Um, but, yeah, it was a great game back and forth out throughout both teams. Um, struggled from three, but um, scored inside the inside the three point line very well. But yeah, came down to it. Um, going through the play by play here, um, it came down to a Donovan Clay. Well, at the end of regulation, Donovan Clay got an offensive re- rebound right and stuck it in to send it to overtime, or was it a pass? It was one or the other. I uh, I think he scored. I, it, I haven't been I looking think it was, at it. I'll go find it. But it was a yeah, it was a pass from Mosley. Um, the tie at the end of regulation. Um, so uh, it was a big end of regulation. Then an overtime. Um, after a Gage Print made a layup to take the lead with nine seconds left. Uh, Tucker DeVries. Um, Came down, got downhill, and uh, I don't know how he got downhill, so I think it was Lukai back in. Let him let him down the lane. Mosley tried to get over, but uh, we've seen the replay. In real time, 
We thought it was an awful call. He was called for a blocking foul on Mosley. Then Tucker steps up, um, hits two big free throws. Um, then, but Donovan Clay got a chance at the end to uh, win it, but uh, came up short. Uh, but in real time, after we've seen it, we've seen the replay. Um, we both can't agree. The ref probably got it right. Yeah, it was. Ins- this is what you live for in this tournament, games like this. And you're right, huge. Both teams shot incredibly well from the free throw line. You mentioned Tucker's there, but both teams were. And Clay had, yeah, to send it to overtime and then throughout. It was kind of in Drake's favor. Missouri State stormed back. Um, and, yeah, that huge layup that Prim, ha- that Prim had, it was really just relatively easy. Or it was a uh, – Mosley m- had missed a layup. Tank blocked him, and then Prim got the offensive board and and scored, which was huge. So, yeah, it took a one-point lead. And, yeah, they go down. I think Drake had a timeout, but they didn't use it. Uh, and they go all the way down, give it to Tucker. And I, I believe it was Lukai that ended up – because Haney played really good on-ball defense and didn't let anything really get past him drive-wise. Lukai, I think, was guarded. Obviously, Missouri State switched everything, got Lukai on Tucker. Tucker drove with his left hand and got it, and kudos to Isaiah. You know, people are saying he, you know, he could have went up straight up and he could have missed it, but he decided to take the charge, which would have been the utmost, you know, uh, period on this game or exclamation point. Kudos to the star player that would do this. We know he has before. It was huge, though. He gets to the spot. He's outside of the restricted area. Yeah, and Tucker kind of evades it. Like, he kind of knows, but he's flailing to his left. So, if he would have not flailed to his left and went into him, it would have been an easy charge. But because he was flailing and Isaiah was moving sliding just a little bit last second, you can tell. And then they called it because, like, we, I mean, when you put the refs in those situations, it's tough. And it's always if they're – because we remember game or, you know, points of this tournament where the exact same scenario would happen, really, and there would be nothing called. It's like, well, something has to be called there. And this was obviously one of those that in real time, it's always going to end up being not always going to end up being a block depending, but he saw him move just a little bit and knew and he didn't hit him in the chest or anything. So bang, bang, for sure. You're right. Where we were sitting, it looked like a charge. And uh, like we said, exclamation point, that would have been because we wanted to see Missouri State play Loyola really bad. And they were, and they were, you know, had every bit of right. And you said, you know, had some bad moments with fans and it was some Drake fans that were sitting at the top of their section when all of us SIU were sitting in ours, not bothering anybody. And some drunk Drake fans were talking to some and being obnoxious, holding up, you know, the bulldog signs and screaming it down. And we had complaints from everybody that walked up the steps to how bad those people were. And we ended up seeing them the next day on Sunday. But, uh, yeah, overall, great game outside of that, and that it's a tough way how you finish. And you're right, as soon as Prim threw it all the way down court, Clay actually it was bobbled a little bit, but Clay grabbed it, got it to where I think he ended up shooting it in the corner, a decent look, and he arguably could have made it. There was one second left, and he got it off, and it was might've short. Might have got fouled on it, too. Yeah, for sure. Definitely with <laughs> before he shot, and it was kind of – chaos him getting to that spot where he could actually have movement to shoot it incre- if he would have made that it would uh, unbelievable like i said this is a game you live for 100 and like i said we wanted to see missouri state play loyola offense versus defense and and even dana said after their game that obviously and they will you know they're projected to be in the nit as well incredible season because we knew isaiah and prim isaiah we we should say that he should go to the next level 
hundred percent. He would have nothing else to prove here to an extent because he has, you know, Prim who has no more eligibility. He's done. It's going to be tough not seeing him again for our own sake as he was dominant, but it was fun watching him play. It was fun in this game. So yeah, Dana said that they're hopefully their season extends, which it will, and they'll be interesting to see how they play out. So the bears go home and the bulldogs move on. Uh, like I said, an incredible game. So no, that Sunday game, we ended up staying somewhere last second because we didn't know if we wanted to come home because we know it's only two hours home because we obviously had tickets for the game. So we decided to stay and then went to the one o'clock game. And no, it was another good one. And Drake, kudos to Drake for not having Wilkins. And like I said, they've been facing adversity, injury adversity the last couple of years. And the fact that they were able to play Missouri State so well and then play Loyola really well at times in this game. Um uh, Led by Tucker and Roman in this one, Drake was uh, Tank Murphy and Sturts. And Sturts was in foul. He ended up fouling out in this one. That's how his uh, Valley season ended. And so Loyola got the benefit of the doubt on a lot of calls. Some Drake fans were ticked, and both fan bases showed out for that last game. We were sitting up with other SIU fans throughout the whole thing. And it was a great game, wasn't it? You know, Drake, like I said, those led by Penn and DeVries, but then Lucas had an incredible game, 18 and 10, led by him and Schrieger again. Loyola ended up uh, on top thanks to even their own experience at this time of year and being able to finish the game. Yeah, it was a um, – going in this game, I wondered how uh, Drake would come out after playing two games and the, the one Saturday went to overtime. Um, Obviously, playing for a championship, you can get, uh, you can play through the your your fatigue. Uh, but yeah, they jumped out. They jumped out to eighteen to eight lead. Uh, I mean, Drake was firing on all cylinders. We were like, we were surprised um, that Loyola was letting them score at ease like they was. Um, but they were fired up. But but uh, Loyola got going. They flipped that switch uh, with about nine minutes left in that first half. And uh, they started hitting shots. Uh, Ugok was really big in this game. Obviously, Lucas Williamson and his his three pointers that are always fine. He only hit one in this game, but it was a big one to help them get going in the in the in the first half. And like you said, Schweiger, uh really good. Uh, even Keith Clemens had to get thrown in the first first half. Uh, they were struggling so much, but uh, yeah, it was a great game. It was a great Valley Championship. Um. Yeah, you the Loyolos did get some calls, but um, like we said, all all Valley season or the refs are not good, and they were they were spotty at times in this tournament. But um, the best team kind of came out on top in the weekend. Yeah, and on their way out of the conference, uh, which is you know kind of they were the favorite to win this thing, and that's what they did. They do. They were going to take some flack. Yeah, fan bases weren't – even their fan base, when Tucker was shooting free throws, they were calling him a daddy's boy and stuff, which all fans were and even we were throughout. Uh, but it, it was definitely fun. They showed out in that regard. Sister Jean was there. We were sitting near her a couple of times when we were sitting at midcourt. But this game was interesting when it got down to the nitty-gritty, though, because we thought Loyola was going to have it in the bag. They had an eight-point lead after an Ugok layup, five minutes left, and even they kept it around seven at four minutes but then they they stormed back Loyola missed a couple free throws at times and Sturts who I mentioned got in trouble or got in foul trouble had a layup they were finishing and one which got him going so it's a four-point game 
it kept being this close. We know it was timeouts galore, and it took forever to finish the game. Loyal had turnovers. Marquise Kane did not shoot well. They were leaving him open for a reason. Him and Ugok did not shoot. Ugok had some big, some big makes in this one. He didn't shoot relatively well, but Kennedy definitely did not. Uh, but then Penn, we know he hasn't been that clutch from the free throw line against us anyway, but he was clutch in this one, made a couple. Uh, Ugok did make a couple free throws, and Kennedy went one of two. But it was kind of – it was kind of – it came down to a couple possessions. I mean, Drake ended up – after Roman made a couple free throws on a questionable foul call, it was a two-point game. And then Akamole fouled Schwieger, made a two-point game – or made it a four-point game. And then it was kind of just – like we said, it, it kind of looked like it was out of reach. Loyola was going to have it until Drake stormed back, which should give them just tons of credit for their effort this whole tournament, facing a little bit of adversity against us and then fighting their way throughout and winning that huge game. And then this one, they were definitely tired after it. Norris made a couple of free throws, and that's definitely how it ended. Uh, tournament champions for the second straight year. So we've had back-to-back for four years now. And like I said, on their way out, that's exactly the way you want to end it and end the Lucas Williamson era and this whole era in Drew's first year in the Valley before they go to the A-10, earning that automatic bid. And even Drake, we mentioned, will also be up for nice postseason uh, tournaments after the fact as well because we didn't watch it, but DeVries was a little emotional after. I don't know if he mentioned it then, but just because we know how old some of those guys are. We know Murphy's gone, Tank's gone. Uh, You said Jonah Jackson. Who else of that group? Uh, They bring back pretty much almost everybody. Tank, Tank Murphy, and Io and Jonah Jackson are the only one gone. Yeah, Iowa was the other one I was thinking of. So, yeah, and they want to go out, especially with Murphy. Murphy's been there forever, as we know. So you want to, you know, do the postseason stuff for guys like that, for seniors. So, yeah, Loyola going out on top, uh, and we left. Had some good conversations with SIU fans throughout that on the road even for us. But Loyola ends Chicago with the victory. Um, and on a and it, and it capped off a fun weekend. You know, I, I remember picking them to win it. And like I said, they were the favorite to win it. You just had a feeling. And they obviously at certain points could have gotten, you know, got beat. But they they emerged and won. Something, some things that I forgot to mention uh, from, like, our team's perspective and our loss to Drake, that Brian gave them credit. They made some tough shots. DeVries made some fadeaways and stuff. And then – Marcus said, because when they were on the podium after the fact, Marcus said, looking on the locker room, a lot of guys were really frustrated, tears in the locker room. I feel the message is we're close, and hopefully this sticks with us, and it just fuels us every day. And Lance said, use this loss as motivation. We're a really good team. We've shown that throughout the Valley season. It just comes down to sticking together and playing hard together. I feel if we do that this offseason, we'll be dominant next year, which we will have to think so, Noah. But, you know, scratching, obviously, how it ended for us and in general going to what we saw Saturday, we saw Marcus and Dalton. We didn't know it was Dalton the first because he had a beanie on. And we saw though Marcus and Dalton watching the games on Saturday, and we were wondering why they were there and why we didn't see other teammates. But then Noah hit us that it was also it's spring break this week, so I had a feeling they wouldn't go home with the team or ones that did, and they would stick around being the two Wisconsin guys, and they would both probably go home for spring break. Yeah, it's it's it was definitely. Uh... Obviously, I spotted out Marcus. Didn't know it was Dalton, but yeah, they're sitting with another kid. But uh, yeah, it's um, hopefully they took in what they saw Saturday. 
and uh, use that as motivation and knowing, knowing next year and expecting to be on Saturday. Like you said, like I said in the preview that I just want to see on Saturday again when they turn the lights out. It's just it's it's one of one one of a kind. You don't see it in the valley in a lot of other conference tournaments. It's great, um, but next year is going to be difficult because uh, obviously the expansion and other teams coming in. But yeah, it's them being there, seeing seeing that, then probably yeah, head us back home. Right, and we were talking about you know it was a first you know, a good first year under Jeff Jackson, but we, we had a couple of gripes, right? Just quickly think about some other things outside of like not decorating, which isn't a big deal. We saw the inflatable trophy and all that stuff, Noah, but we know the seating that's next to the band behind the, whatever we were expecting and the whole student sections didn't show up, but they also just seemed like weren't allowed to sit there. We would have saw them and we know ours showed up. Someone needed to discuss with Jeff Jackson, the reasoning behind the students not sitting next to the band. Yeah, um, it's been a big gripe. I know Loyola got Loyola student section who didn't even show up for their game Friday, but showed up Saturday and Sunday for their game. Um, they brought a whole two buses down for it. Uh, got special seats, and they were down um, right behind the band almost. And uh, we they stuck SIUs all the way up pretty much at the top of the lower bowl in the corner away from our bench. It was just it was bull crap um, from what I've been seeing that they, that the, that they said it was COVID related or some bull crap, which um, it's a bunch of BS. I'd like to know why Loyola was given special seats. Yeah. And even we noticed Loyola was the one staying in beat um, ballpark village, new uh, hotel compared to what everybody else. So yeah, they got some kind of special, maybe it was on their way out and obviously just who they are. They got a lot of, yeah, they got closer than ours, which is interesting. And if we would have won, though, and kept going, I wonder how it could have been than outside of that, just that first game. But that was unfortunate. You know, one of few gripes that we had, but it was relatively a fun weekend for sure. And then, uh, yeah, other than that, I don't think there's anything else. To, I remember making Saturday, which we said that there's still postseason potential for us we think like i said we'll cover it next week let's find out if we don't or not but we made some senior tweets got a lot of love on those which is good on their guy on those guys way out and then mike tweeted the day you know some current uh or career standings of some guys has marcus and lance on these for steals points and assists everybody go check those out but yeah overall a fun weekend right i know your final thoughts on the weekend as itself outside of us how much you enjoyed it otherwise yeah, it's always Arch Madness is uh, the best conference tournament in the country. Um, always love enjoying it. It's worth going to every year. Um, I know others, there was a decent crowd for SIU throughout um, that had all sessions, but I know most uh, just come until they lose. But uh, it's worth the, it's worth staying for the whole weekend. It's going to be great basketball. And looking ahead to next year, you're going to get four games on Friday or four games on Thursday, four on Friday, then two and two or two than one. It's going to be even better next year, I think. Um, but yeah, it's great. But uh, yeah, the, with Drake making the championships, that's now seven straight years. SIU has been knocked out by a team that gets the championship. So uh, um, 
we know we like our draws the last couple of years, but it seems like the we're getting beat by the better teams that's getting to. I think four of those have won the tournament. So uh yeah, it's uh it's always a great time. It was a great experience. Uh I'm I'm not a big fan of the St. Louis teams involved, but uh I I like the city. It's always good to be there. Um there's not a lot to do down here in southern Illinois, so being around the city is always a good time. For sure. And you mentioned how fun it's going to be with expansion next year, 100%. Because we we watched the night before we went for that Sunday, we saw Murray escape Moorhead State for their automatic bid out of the OVC to cap them off. Uh, and how great their fan base is at those and how awesome it will be to see that fan base show up next next year, barring any crazy or stupid seating arrangements. So, yeah, definitely fun weekend. Can't wait for next year as well and like we said throughout we'll be covering what all these teams do so no let's end on more sad on a more just as not just as or more sad news per se we know Cade was in the regionals and regional semifinals and they lost a game to Mansville Timberview down there a nine-point loss and we know Cade had a video talking about him and his coach all of them emotional because Cade, you know, when he was talking, said that he got a tattoo of him and his friends. So they've been together since the second grade plan. We remember him talking about that. And the goal was to win, obviously, a state title. And they ran into a buzz. So he mentioned the team that they lost to is so much more athletic and stuff. No, but he looked like he won all tourney in that region 1-5A. And he had, a, he had a really good game, though, in that loss. Yeah, he had a really good game. Um, he had a good, good all – he had a good tournament uh for his side or for his team um like you said it's not the way they wanted to go out on top but uh um a big a big performance by him I believe he ended up uh 14 points and like 13 rebounds big time by him um i think he had nine nine points in one of the other games in the tournament so uh that shows he can be a double double guy once he gets here um can't wait to get him here. Um, not how they wanted to end the season either, but uh, hopefully he finished off his senior, his last couple of months as a senior down there. Then we get him sometime in probably June, I think, that's when they usually start summer stuff. So um, it's time for him to get it, put some maroon on and uh, get here and get to work. Yeah, an incredible uh, season he had, even his teammate you know, throughout would probably won MVP even in losses. He's incredible. The, the, the Nova commits, uh, like you said, those guys have been around and together for a long time. So it's it's always tough to see the road end. And seeing him play that well and rebound and just watching the highlights that he's active and he's he's vocal and he's loud, I think he's going to bring a lot of good, what we have in your right. As long as he, fin- you know, he'll just finish his high school career in general and then he'll make the trip down or up at some point. Uh, yeah, in that June, as you said, we yeah we can't wait to have him. He, he finished on a good note himself. Uh, kudos to him and his team for putting up good careers. Uh, no, there's that. And then quickly, uh, we had another update on 2023 guard Dallas Roberts over the weekend. Yeah, we will be uh, at his game today, actually. Um, I believe they said on Monday. So, uh in his uh, district tournament, we'll be checking him out. He's coming off a 31-point um, outing. So he's a 2023 guy, so it'll be interesting to see 
Um, be interesting. We do know on the other other end of recruiting, uh, Brian Moore and uh, Northeastern Oklahoma did not make the tournament. Um, we know locally that Johnny Logan did. So um, be interesting. We see. We know. We're, We've been told we're in on a guy. He did was I think he was named uh, all region to the all region team today. So uh, that's pretty cool to see that. We'll we'll check to see out how they uh, see how they finish. But yeah, like I told you yesterday with Brian Moore, a um, lot of Saluki fans like where that's headed. We think we have a good shot at him. Uh, him liking all the SAU stuff, not liking anybody else's. And I told you yesterday. Yeah, it sucks that he didn't make it, but it may be a good thing because so now he doesn't uh, show out on a big stage and get higher recruited. It's a great point, and going back to him, we'll touch on him as time goes on. He's at the top of our list of others as well that we'll get into and we'll dive into in a week or so. Uh, yeah, you're right, and I agree with you 100%. If he goes and shows out, he won his regional MVP, and then he goes out and gets looks by other schools that are in on him. Because like we said, we weren't even on him. We were cut from his list. And then, you know, we unfollowed him on Twitter. Next thing you know, we were on it again. So then he followed us back. And you're right, he likes stuff within our team. It looks like nobody else. And we try to like all the stuff for him as much as possible. He's at the top of our board, like we said. And we'll, we'll, we'll cover that, you know, how this season, you know, see, you know, game by game, you know, just in terms of the season recap and barring, you know, no postseason uh, which I don't know if we expected at this point. I don't know if we'd be hearing rumblings. We're expecting Brian to have a, end of season kind of thing with the media maybe sometime this week. So we'll cover that next week as well. Once we get the official word on how our season will officially end and we'll have all topics and definitely uh, throughout this off season preparing for next season. And while we're also working on football, but no, we also wanted to talk about a mailbag that we want people to, uh, you know, ask us questions about the off season and what we thought of the, you know, the end of this season and our thoughts on the season as a whole and some questions for some topics for this off season. Yeah, definitely. Uh, mailbag is open. Uh, if you got any questions, uh, hit us up. Uh, the more, the more you send, the more uh, content we can put out there. Obviously um, we can make questions up ourselves for content, but, it's always good to interact with uh, other Saluki fans. We know we got to have great conversations with Saluki fans throughout the weekend that were there for all sessions as well. So uh, DMs are open. Comment on this. Once we post our link, comment on that. We can uh, Next time we're on, we'll answer them. Yeah, by the way, real quickly, because I forgot to mention the all-tourney team, we ended up finding out who that was, right? Spill that on us. Yeah, it was Isaiah Mosley. Uh, Roman Penn, Tucker DeVries, uh, Braden Norris, and Lucas Williamson was the tournament MVP. No surprise there, and all those guys showed out. We know Schwieger could have made a case as well. So that's how that ended up. Uh, so, yeah, no gripes there. All of them played really, really well. So a tough end of the season for us, as we know it at the stands, and a tough weekend from that regard, but a fun weekend overall. Like you said, you got to talk to a lot of people and enjoy ourselves, eat good, in the big city and the best tournament in college basketball. So recap this, but we'll preview everything and season recap and everything next week. Like we've said, keep an eye out for all of that. So for Nick Malone, no alerts until next time. Go dogs.